0: Talk with your boy, B-Brown, E-S-Q, a.k.a. the Ball Hall, a.k.a. the Mouth of the South. This is the place for sports, business, and entertainment collide. And we're going to give it to you rough, rugged, and raw to come get you a spoonful like some grits with butter. all right y'all y'all know what it is it's the ball hawk sports talk i get, get excited i don't know why my doggone thing keeps turning off my theme music but that is what it is that's how you know it's real live show this is the ball hawk sports talk with your boy b brown esq aka the ball hawk, aka the mouth of the south aka mr excessive celebration we got a great week planned for you guys let's have a good time you know what it is it's the ball Hawk sports talk where sports business and entertainment collide we got the normal crew coming with three and a possible, I got Big Flow as a guest coming a little later on. Not even as a guest, he's a he's a a uh he's a family member at this point. Let's call it. It's gonna be a great show. Now, if you're in New Jersey, New York, on the east coast, you have spent the last three days digging yourself out of the snow. It makes me question why the heck I live here. But we're gonna warm your minds, warm your souls, warm up your energy with the ball hog sports talk today, and today's episode. Uh, We had to do it. We've got to do it this week. I know that people feel a certain way about those three letters, the N, the F, and the L. When you put them together, they make you feel a certain way. But lo and behold, the sports world, and I say world globally, is paying attention to a particular event this week. So today's episode, it celebrates and acknowledges that particular event and it goes in a different direction cuz you know what the Ball Hawk Sports talk. We can't just be simple. We got a little twist to it. Today's episode is called The Big Game Theory. Uh and uh we're going to have a good time with that one, y'all. So, uh strap on your seatbelt. Make sure you got your cup of coffee. Uh and look, since you are virtual learning your kids are virtual learning it doesn't necessarily have to be a coffee it could be something a little stronger but here we come with the ball hawk sports talk today's episode big game theory all right so to start off y'all um we are going to bring in the normal crew you know how we do it this segment the first quarter is going to be three and a possible where the three and a possible is myself the MC, the maestro himself superhero dj john quick will be in the building. And the Maverick, you know who she is. She needs no introduction. Miss Majestic Maya. Let's get it started, y'all. Three and impossible. What's up? (laughs) What up,
1: what up, what up, what up, what up, what up?
0: What's up? Good morning, y'all. I know that the snow has been crazy. We've all had to deal with the snow, but that's why the, the audience, the ball Hog sports talk audience, and like we ask you guys every week, humbly, we ask you at the outset. Please like, please comment, please share, please tag a friend. Please tag a foe, tag anybody that you know because the Ball Hawk Sports Talk is about to deliver a little heat to you. How about that in this winter storm? Y'all made it out okay, y'all? Y'all, everybody's good? Straight sure. yeah. All right, Absolutely. cool. All right, cool. All right, so let's go ahead and melt this snow with with some heat, y'all. Three in a possible, you know what it is, like a good space hand. Uh, we got three in a possible. We gonna go without the possible today. There will be no missing link. So they're gonna hear it from the maestro. They're gonna hear it from the Maverick. They're gonna hear it from the MC, and we are gonna dive right in. This particular segment is it's just a family day at the spade table. Hop in, get in where you fit in, and let's go with a few topics. The first topic. DK Metcalf, who everybody knows for running down the defensive back after an interception, literally ran him down the entire field, the length of the field. Everybody knows him for being shredded. The dude got muscles on top of muscles. He got 0% body fat, just a very, very well-put-together young man, a receiver that is taking over the NFL. But he's not just done with – the fans at the entertainment level. He is now educating the fans. He is sending, during Black History Month, a tweet, one tweet per day, that is educating fans on the Emmett Till situation, the tragedy that was from a historical perspective. DK Metcalf is in the building, not only an amazing wide receiver, but also a Black History Month teacher now. What did y'all think about it, man? Great story, DK Metcalf in the building.
2: I'm here for it. I'm here for it. I think a lot of people don't know about Emmett Till and that's actually incredibly sad. Like, you know, every rap lyric, you know about Little Uzi, Te- all these little stupid ass rappers. But Vert, you know- His M-
0: last name is Vert, not Tech. Kodak, Kodak, uh,
2: and, and Kodak Black <laughs> and all these little <laughs> mumbles. Don't go- mess
0: with Kodak now. Nah. He's South Florida kid now. Nah. South, okay. South he Florida, from, he's from Lauderdale now.
2: You need to know history. And how that was literally the catalyst of the civil rights movement. Absolutely, that's what we need to know. We need to know that the twelve-year-old boy was mutilated and murdered. Absolutely. By not, it was assumed that he whistled at a white woman. Her name is Carolyn Bryant. Look her up online. She's she's a scumbucket. However, that was not the case, and a lot of the people don't know about his story. And I think that everyone should know, not just black people, but the world as a whole, because what happened to that young man should never happen to anyone.
0: Agreed, agreed. Superhero DJ John Quick, what do you think about it, man? DJ Metcalf in the building, DK Metcalf, rather. Uh, I got my DJ and my DK mixed up there. Sorry, DK <laughs> Metcalf, what do you think about DJ Superhero DJ John Quick?
1: I, I think it's refreshing. Um, I'm glad that it's, it's a young kid like DK Metcalf because you know, you got these cats like, like, um. Sis had mentioned before, a little Uzi Vert. He he running around putting a damn diamond in the middle of his head like he visioned from the Avengers. You know what <laughs> I'm saying? So, you know, you got a brother like this who's, who's representing correctly and who's educating his younger fans, whatever, because, you know, he's one of the more popular players in the NFL at this point right now. He is,
0: absolutely.
1: So I, I think it's a beautiful thing, man. I'm very proud of him, and he, he's he's definitely repping. I know his parents got to be proud. Yeah, and, he, and, come, and, bro, he comes from a football lineage. Like Terry Metcalf was a beast. Don't get that's it twisted. Better, Number 21 for the Cardinals. I think that's his nephew. That's oh, his, nephew.
0: Yeah. Yeah, his nephew. I know the Metcalf name is big in football lore, as you say, superhero right. DJ John Quick. But it's so good to see that he is taking it upon himself because fans want to hear tweets about what's going on, the salacious stories in the locker room. Yep or mm-hmm. baby mama drama. This brother is doing, going above and beyond and doing a service uh, to the American population. So learn about Emmett Till. And you were right, uh, the, the, the maverick herself, Miss Majestic Maya, it should have never happened, but with information, we can prevent it from happening again. It's not enough to just be uh, not racist. We gotta be anti-racist and hearing that story seeing the fact that he had a closed casket because his face was mutilated will will help us all become a little more um anti-racist bob Bob,
1: it wasn't a closed casket matter of fact the mother said that she wanted america to see what clowns had done to her son
0: absolutely
1: nasty individuals had done to her son. So it wasn't closed, actually.
0: Absolutely. I made that mistake. So I could learn a little from DK Metcalf. The closed casket concept, you're right. She said that that would protect America from its ugly sin of racism. And she wanted everyone to see it and put it on full display. So let's make sure it doesn't happen again. DK Metcalf is doing his part. Next story, Serena Williams and Naomi Osaka. They are, Ooh. talk about big game. Um, they, these sisters are so bad, and, and uh, superhero DJ John Quick and I have made our <laughs> interests very known about both of them. So yes. I'll, I'll skip past that part because I know Serena's married. <laughs> I ain't trying to make, make make nobody uncomfortable, break up nobody's marriage, <laughs> right? And uh, so we going to keep it moving. But these sisters made an exhibition game big news. They turned it into a big game. Um, Serena Williams was able to beat Naomi Osaka. So if you count that it's exhibition where it doesn't technically count, but if you count that, they are 2-2 as a series. Uh, an exhibition taking on worldwide interest because these two absolute superstar human beings were playing in it. Love seeing these sisters in an exhibition match to, to, to dust off the rust a little bit because they've all been in quarantine. But in dusting off the rust, they made global news with an exhibition match. And iron absolutely sharpens irons. Love to see these sisters doing this in the exhibition.
2: Yeah, Serena's my generation. Naomi, I, I, you know, power to my people. But I'm riding with Serena until she can't ride no more. I just, <laughs> she's just so endearing to me. And she's just bomb. Like, great person, great tennis player, like, she's like one of the best athletes i think walking in the face of the planet like ever all mad. time yeah like i put her in the category of like a jim brown like i just think she is so phenomenal absolutely all right serena that's my girl
0: <laughs> um the fact that she's putting her arm around naomi osaka and taking on this uh i don't want to call a big sister little sister but there is a sort of a big sister little sister relationship there there was a lot made about after one of the grand slam titles where Naomi Osaka won, uh that people accused Serena of taking the spotlight. This is the exact opposite. She's sharing the spotlight and it's good to see. I'll let you get final word on superior DJ John Quick and we'll move in a different direction.
1: Yeah, this this is this is MJ taking Kobe under the arm. This is exactly what this is. And Naomi is the future of tennis and Serena is the goat, you know. And when I say the goat, she's like one of the greatest athletes of all time not just a tennis player and you know she's pretty much done everything right her only little blip was she went off on that ref when they played with her and we played in she went off to the she went a little too off and i love serena but other than that other than that she's good money come on man we we all know with and not just for her physical attributes. <laughs> She's a hell of an athlete.
0: <laughs> yes, she is a, a hell of an athlete, and her physical attributes are a hell of attributes. Uh yes. And she, she. But it. we've all seen a sister get fit and tired. She was fit and tired in that with that yeah. referee, and she let. And she him went off. I
1: thought she, she was going to put hands on them.
0: <laughs> straight up. Straight up. Uh, uh, so this whole idea about the big game. In today's episode, Big Game Theory, the concept of the big game, we've all had, had that big moment, right? And so superhero superhero DJ John Quick, you've had that that big event that you had to play. Uh, Miss Majestic Maya, you've had that big meeting that you had to crush. We've all had this big moment, but some people might be too nonchalant with the big moment. And to to, to give you an example, Uh Kendrick Perkins out here acting like he on first 48. He's snitching, y'all. Kendrick (laughs) Perkins out here snitching. He told on James Harden and said when they played at OKC, Kendrick Perkins was on the team. That was a different big three because you had Russ Wilson, you had KD, and you had a very young James Harden. James Harden came up missing when they played in the finals against Miami. And Kendrick Perkins said that he was up in the King of Diamond. King of Diamond strikes again. This is three and a possible. This is three and a possible, so you know it's like a good spades hand. The king of diamonds strikes again, king of diamonds. Uh, this other king of diamonds down in Miami, Kendrick Perkins alleges because I don't, we don't, we haven't confirmed it. So, allegedly, you know, my man Harden spent a lot of time in King of Diamonds and couldn't make a shot. and Kendrick Perkins telling y'all, what did y'all think about the story? And is that just going too nonchalant? Uh, it, it, it's a big game, it's the world championship, you've got four games to win. And he up in there making it rain and eating chicken wings. What y'all think?
2: First off, I have to raise my hand. I know about the KOD. (laughs) I'm going to talk about that offline. However, Kendrick Perkins, why are you talking about this years later? Shut up. Why are you spilling the beans? Like, did someone put a gun to your head and say, we're going to kill you unless you spill this gossip? Like, that is the that is the lamest move ever keep your mouth shut you shut up
0: and he was the only one not smoking because he was on the up and smoke podcast and he talked about how he stopped smoking but he was revealing the goods like he was uh, on some drug or something he gave up all the goods just telling on that man like that
2: and in addition to that i'm sorry john How people get prepared to go into big meetings or events or whatever, that's up to them. Some people like to listen to music. Some people meditate. Some people have green recreational uh, uh, items in front of them. I mean, whatever gets you in the mood to do your thing, to perform to that level, do it. And stop snitching. Shut your mouth.
0: I got to oh. figure out where, yeah, Uh. so you just told on yourself, Anthony Demon I was about to say, I got to figure out where Perkins is from. Demon, you gave it up. He said Kendrick Perkins is misrepresenting Texas. Yeah, everything, they say everything is bigger in Texas, including the snitches, because Kendrick Perkins is a big old <laughs> snitch, snitching on that man. Superhero DJ John Quick ain't anything sacred anymore. If we teammates, Bruh. and I spent my time, luxury, uh, Bruh. relaxed time, in places like that i shouldn't be hearing about it nine years later on somebody's podcast what's up with that
1: he's disgusting he's a sell he's nothing but a sellout goon that's what he is that's whack like how are you gonna tell this man like literally nine years later after the fact like and then pretty much just blame him for man he needs to have a seat man you know what it is man you know everybody's trying to scratch and claw their way in this in this radio industry man this is his you know he, he he just he's playing himself. Like
0: playing himself. Really, dude.
1: Like you you yeah. lost so much respect from just doing that, man. Like wow. Like the locker room is supposed to be sacred, and he he just just crushed all of that, man. He's broke.
0: Wack, broke the code. But I'll say this because you point out two very important things. You say um that we're all trying to fight and crack scratch and claw to make our way in this this radio world. So I take that opportunity to remind everybody to please like, please comment, please share. Cause we are trying to do the same thing. But then you talk about the snitches, right? I want y'all to snitch on us. Let everybody know we got a good <laughs> content. Here, man. Tell everybody. There's good snitches. There's bad snitches. Don't do that, Kendrick Perkins snitching. Oh my God. Do the good snitching. Tell your friend, y'all. We about to make it happen. All right, other partiers. You know, I'm one of the nicknames is Mr. Excessive Celebration, uh, Superhero DJ John Quick, and I, the Maestro. We rocked out before. I believe in excessive celebrations. But I'm wondering if it's too excessive. My man, Neymar, Neymar from Brazil. He basically said, I'm never going to stop partying and I'm not immature. Uh, He just turned 29 today. Happy birthday, Neymar. Um, Shout out to the soccer world. We giving out shout outs in soccer today, y'all. I'm telling you, baby, we well versed in the sports thing. (laughs) Neymar turned 29 today. (laughs) but he said he's not partying and he's not, he's never going to stop partying and he's not immature. I like Neymar's taking a stance for the party scene because superhero DJ John quick, you know how it is. It ain't a party unless you got people in it. You can have the best set. Known to mankind, if no one was there to hear it, if a tree falls in the woods, yeah, no one's yeah. there to hear, it, right? So exactly. good for Neymar. Neymar coming to the party. He coming to the excessive celebration, superhero DJ John Quick event. What do you think about him making all this money and saying he gonna party to his doggone feet fall off if he wants to?
1: He can keep his COVID cootie ass wherever he <laughs> the hell he partying at. Yo, he no, he's not immature. He's just stupid. There's the yeah. word for that: stupid.
0: It's That's stupid
1: and, and trust me, bro, that that damn COVID. It, it don't matter how much money you make, bro. Like at some point, you keep you stay with that attitude and see if they don't find you getting fitted for a ventilator. Trust.
0: I, I like my my doctor, Rashawn Adams says they don't say much about Gronk's party. And what do y'all think? Because Gronk, not only is Gronk a partier, Gronk bragged this week about having duped the Tampa Bay administration the coaching staff because they said he needed to send workouts every day so he would do a few workouts in the same day and just change shirts uh, and, <laughs> but he bragged about it. he was self-snitching self-snitching is okay he snitched on himself and said basically i had got y'all psych y'all thought i was working out every day but uh, he also Gronk is known for after losing a super bowl partying doing going to an all-out rave because that's how he deals with it uh Gronk does seem to get the pass as the party guy he's never been to an excessive celebration but he does get the pass is it just different strokes for different folks because people look at it as as Gronk being Gronk is sort of a frat boy concept they don't put as much disdain on his name as a party as they do say a James Harden going to KODs uh I'll give you final word on it, Maya and then we'll move on
2: two things one the most offensive thing about Gronk is his rhythmless dancing. Like who wants to, he big, awkward, and can't dance. That shit's offensive. That's the main thing. And secondly, COVID. I don't understand why people can't get that through their thick skulls.
0: COVID COVID real, COVID real out here, y'all. This thing is, is, is serious. So, uh, I want to tell a joke about Gronk, but I'll take the opportunity to say, hey, y'all, let's take this thing serious because it's still people dying. And the fact that you have to bury a loved one uh, essentially virt- in a virtual setting because you can't go to funerals still is just sad. So let's let's make sure that that, that we take this thing serious. Uh, and, and other news, serious news, we'll take a brief, very brief moment of silence because we lost another great one. Seems like every week we're taking these moments of silence, which, again, only emphasizes the point even deeper that that COVID is real. But this week we lost John Chaney. He died at 89. John Chaney with the infamous look, the scowl, the very powerful, powerful coaching strategies that he had and how he influenced specifically young black men. But also off the court, how he was unapologetic in speaking up for how the system he felt. Uh, mistreated and exploited black athletes. He talked about it. Uh, he's also known, Eddie Jones was one of his best players. Eddie Jones from Broward County, you know, I'm always, I'm always shopping out Broward County. Um, but you know, Eddie Jones and Aaron McKee were both Prop 48 players. But you know, John Chaney was, I think, more not think I know, was much more than just a coach. He was a legend and one of the people in the black community that represented us well. So if you guys will indulge us, please, uh, Very brief, let's take a moment of silence on behalf of the late, great coach, John Chaney. It does bring it home that um, life is not, you know, tomorrow's not guaranteed. y'all. Life is precious. So it's not one of those things you can just take for granted. So please, 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 please wear your mask and take this thing seriously. Uh, another good health story is the Washington football team. Ron R- Rivera has now deemed, or the doctors have deemed him cancer free. So he wanted to thank the fans, uh, thank the supporters. So, and he's one of the handful of men of color He's not black, but he is a diverse candidate, head coaching candidate. So shout out to Ron Rivera, cancer free prayers lifted for you, my brother. Um, I want to make a Washington football team joke, but I'm going to leave it there and in, in, on good vibes that we're going to keep continue to pray for you that you remain cancer free. Um, the other story when it comes to health that we got to discuss is this new proliferation of athletes taking their mental health seriously. And the two latest examples is the Minnesota Twins shortstop. Uh, Mr. Simmons and Drelton Simmons is the I think should be the poster child of being able to speak up and speak out on top on behalf of mental health. He not only is a four time Golden Glove winner, he just signed a one year deal for ten point five million. And yet all of of those things that should seem to suggest life is perfect didn't prevent him from having mental health issues. Uh, He decided to opt out of the bubble. He said COVID and all the death around it was weighing on him, and he decided to take a step away from the game, and he was unapologetic about saying it wasn't until he got therapy with his mental health issues that he thought about uh, suicide at one point, that he was facing real depression. A guy who, on paper, on the face of it, seems like he's got everything in the world at his fingertips still dealing with mental health issues and being willing to be vulnerable and publicize it going public with it i don't know if you guys had an opinion one way or another but i love seeing it um obviously you hate to see someone dealing with depression and to have true suicidal thoughts which he detailed but i'm happy that he was so vulnerable and shared it with the world
2: yeah i i'm I'm a big proponent of discussing mental health because if your mind's not right nothing else is going to be right
0: Amen. Uh,
2: I think a lot of people downplay the pandemic and quarantine and things of that nature. I I could totally relate to how he felt. I mean, I don't have a 10 million dollar paycheck. How yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. You gotta put yeah in I, there. I, manifested, manifest it.
2: However. I know what it's like to deal with bouts of depression, being alone, and having to deal with that by yourself. So, for him to say it and remove the stigma that's attached to it, I'm kudos to him. Hell, I'll buy a Minnesota Twins jersey just because he said something about it.
0: Love it, love it, and absolutely love it. Not only did he do it, Brittany Griner also decided not; she opted out of the bubble, and she talked about her issues with mental health. And again, you would think as the number one draft pick in the WNBA, a national champion at the collegiate level playing overseas and being a You know, she decided to opt out when she was leading the Mercury in both points. I think around like 17.5 points a game and rebounds, close to eight rebounds a game. And during the the height of those statistical performances, she acknowledged that she needed to step away. I'll let you get final word on the superhero superhero DJ John quick. That's a mouthful. Uh, But she is, she is, I think also a poster child of trying to remove that stigma that the black community specifically has had around mental health and seeking counseling. And I think she needs to be celebrated for it. What do you say?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Especially the black athletes who step out um, because you know, it's funny, though. white folks, they, they actually brag about having therapists. They have no shame and they shouldn't have any shame because you know, as someone who worked in the, in the mental health, um, mental health area for like, I would say almost 20 years. Um, I could tell you that, you know, the black community has always had the attitude of, oh, all oh, that boy needed some belt or, you know, you got to suck it up and things of that nature. We're never allowed to deal for our, our mental health. And the thing with mental health, mental health is just like physical health is all mental health issues all stem from chemical imbalances within the brain which is literally a physical issue like if you break your arm you're not going to just sit around the house like oh it'll get better on its own no you're gonna go to the doctor and have it said have it you know dealt with same thing with mental health you can't just sit around and think it's just going to get better it's more than likely it's going to get worse so i encourage everyone out there if you have any issues or you're just not feeling like yourself speak to a professional there's no shame in it and to be honest Being proactive is definitely the move because, again, you know, with with mental health, it can also lead to physical issues. That's that's scientifically proven. So that's what I'm gonna say on that.
0: So kudos to those athletes. Kudos to them, and I would argue that you're still in the mental health industry because you be playing them smooth vibes at the the party. Superhero DJ John maestro. you be taking me places mentally. Um, but, you know, I, I, I do, I do,
1: I'm,
0: I'm glad you're celebrating
1: the pajama set. There
0: you go, there you, go. You, you take me somewhere mentally, baby. But uh, I'm glad that these athletes are indeed taking up this fight because it is a fight not only to uh. Uh, get over the issues relative to your own personal mental health but the again the stigma it has been looked at as taboo to acknowledge that you need some therapist or some counseling in the black community so shout out to these athletes because that is what the platform is about utilizing it for good so shout out to them all right y'all you know what it is we get into the second quarter we're going to transition and this will be the traffic court segment where we're going to bring on another juror, our man who needs no introduction. He's a part of the family. Big flow from the big flow show. Join the stage. With what's the good, juror. America? What's up, man? I love how you say good. What's good, America to the whole America? Uh, We in the building, y'all. You know what it is? This traffic court, we're going to go around quickly. And then at the end, the, the judge gets to decide whether or not it's reasonable or excessive, but I'm listening to all of the evidence that you present. I'm listening to your arguments. I know it's going to be persuasive, but uh, we got the judge, myself, b Brown ESQ. We got the jury. That's Big Flow from the Big Flow Show. And the maestro, superhero, DJ John Quick. And then you know who the executioner is. She needs no introduction. She is the executioner, the maverick, Miss Majestic Maya. We're going to start off right where we left off, maybe, because it seems like a topic that always comes up. LBJ, LeBronis, Braun Braun, the man, the myth, the legend. Some might call him the GOAT. Well, if he is the GOAT, We also have to deal with these other stories. (laughs) And one of the other stories is the self-proclaimed king, as some have called him, the GOAT, as others have called him, LeBronis, Mr. L.A., had to deal with hecklers in Atlanta. And it is taking on a story of its own. I want to know. I know you guys have heard the story. It was the 56-year-old well, tanned, some might claim steroid using <laughs> yeah. his 25 year old young trophy wife who took up for him versus LeBron. And there was some words exchanged, they went back and forth. Uh, these courtside seats, Atlanta's one of the few teams that allows people into the, the arena, but these courtside seats were officially yanked from them as they were escorted from the court. Do you think it's too much? We've had uh Drake and and two chains and everyone's weighed in we've heard people go back and forth on it it's been talked about ad nauseum is this reasonable or excessive to have lebron and these hecklers Dueling it, I'll start with you, Big Flow from the Big Flow Show. What do you think?
3: You know, I I get tired of hearing about these fans, and they can just say what they want and do what they want. You know, you're a human being out there playing, especially in basketball, because the fans are right on top of you, right? So in some of the sports, of football, they're a little bit further away. It's kind of easier to ignore. But you're taking the ball out of bounds, or you're flying out of bounds. You see these people, who knows what they're saying to you? I just think they should show some class. People think they want, they paid a little bit of money to be in the front row. They can just go and clown people all they want. Not a big fan of it, so yeah, throw them out of there. Get them out. The
0: All, right. All right, on to you, Maestro. What do you say?
3: Basically, they were the Joker and Harley
1: Quinn. You know, <laughs> you know. It, it's, I mean,
0: shut up and just
1: watch the game. How about that? Like, you know, you're not paid to be the entertainment. You know, let the, let these these ball players do what they do. They're they're the entertainment that you paid to see. So shut the hell up. That's what I think. <laughs> <laughs> Majestic Maya the
0: Maverick, what do you think? You got the executioner one. What are you to do with it?
2: Well, there's two parts of it. It's reasonable to keep their little over tanned, lobster looking ass <laughs> locked out forever. And secondly, you know what's excessive? His tan and her plastic surgery. Ain't no way <laughs> that girl's <is> 25. <laughs> she's 50 in the ball. Ain't no way she's 25.
0: <laughs> well, I, I guess uh the executive oh, yeah. executed. Uh, I would say this when it comes to the case of LeBron and whether or not it was excessive or reasonable to kick this um couple. I almost said something else, mess with you, just majestic, majestic mind, to kick this couple <laughs> out of the game. I would say it was reasonable to kick him out of that game, but I would then go one step further and say to ban them for life is a bit excessive because. LeBron is a big boy. He's been hearing, you know how long people have been heckling him? He's been that dude since he was 16 years old. So LeBron even said that he he thought that they didn't necessarily need to get ejected. He's equipped. I love the fact that technology is the MVP again because initially she claimed that LeBron called her a B. And the microphones that are everywhere, the cameras that are everywhere picked up the exchange and there was no B word uttered because I know that the feminist movement, that's people. Karen
3: who, moment right there. That's the right, Karen. Karen
0: was waiting. Was that's waiting. what they called her, courtside Karen. And so, I'm glad that the 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 technology in the arena vindicated him from the use of that word. But I think it's excessive to ban them for life. uh so I'm gonna call yeah,
1: that. A- <laughs> she tried to lie. She tried to lie, my man. Yes. Yeah. Think about it, man. What What if there weren't any? And you know, yep. or Yeah. <laughs> You know, the, the, the feminist groups would have came straight after him over a lot. <clears line. throat> <clears throat> so she ain't oh, crooked looking self.
2: Wait, <laughs> awesome. and two things. He's, he's been, LeBron has been living rent free in her sugar daddy's head because he posted some other reckless stuff back in 07, talking about how much he hated LeBron. And then on top of that, I mentioned this pig at the top of the show, Carolyn Bryant. This is the stuff that white women do to get black men in trouble.
0: Yep, I say yep. this, uh, exactly. you know, I don't know why another grown man thinks that much about LeBron. We talk about it on the show because he is a sports business and entertainment topic. But you can rest assured when I go to bed at night, LeBron is not on my mind. It seems like this particular dude. has All right. So another story about trash talking in the NBA. Right this time is not from the fans clay thompson had a microphone as a color commentator i don't know why they let clay thompson call games with his teammates playing he should not call golden state games but yet someone gives him a mic and lo and behold the inevitable (coughs) happened he took the side of his teammates which from a locker room perspective the guy code the player code you're gonna do that and he might have went a little far he said roddy magruder essentially was about 30 seconds for being out of the league. Rodney Magruder tried to be a tough guy. Clay Thompson took issue with it and said, you're about 30 seconds for being out of the league. Uh My man Draymond, Draymond Green doubled down on it and said, you know, so who died and made this dude the tough guy of the Pistons? So just like <laughs> the NBA stories always do, they went from just that exchange where Klay Thompson was probably a bit out of bounds and saying that on a live, uh, cat, uh, live coverage of the game, and then Draymond Green said what he said, and then it just took a, a whole turn in the wrong direction. You had uh, Wayne Ellingtons uh, speak up for uh, his teammate. You had then KD like a, a, a comment or like a post of Wayne Ellington. Then you had Big Baby Davis. Why in the <laughs> World. Am I talking about Big Baby Davis? Because he interjected himself in this story. The NBA wow. is becoming the WWE when it comes to some of these conversations. But what did y'all think was Clay Thompson out of bounds with Big Baby Davis out of bounds saying, that's why you always hurt because statements like that, it's karma. Uh, What did you think about this back and forth? I'll start with you, Miss Majestic Maya, the Maverick.
2: Oh, my God. First and foremost, Clay Thompson, like, I can't take no man that tall and that light seriously. He is, like, glass. (laughs) John, I'm serious. You cannot take him seriously. He looks like a woman. But that's besides the point. And Big Amy Davis, I'm like, why are we, who, like, he hasn't been relevant since ever. The only reason why we knew about him was, one, he was overweight, and two, he went to the Celtics. I mean, he, he has made no imprint in the NBA. When you open up the history of the NBA, you will not find the picture of him. He won't even get a footnote mentioned. No. This is so late. Like, they're just trying to conjure up some sort of rah-rah so people could watch the game. I'm not watching this. Whatever.
0: What do you think, superhero DJ John? Quick, is this reasonable or excessive? This whole conversation, this back and forth, it, it, it looks a lot like wrestling, man. But indeed, they ain't acting.
1: Listen, and you know what? Wrestling is one of the top, you know, rated entertainment slash sports shows in America. So I'm here for all the trash talk. Come on, Bob, you play basketball on the course, man. Please, this is light work. You know what I'm saying? It's light work in terms of what they're saying. And, and the fact of the matter is, yeah, it's funny. He said Roddy Regruder. It was 30 seconds from being out of the league, and then Wayne Ellington chimed in. They both in that category. That's so, <laughs> <laughs> why, and, and I, I like both of them. They both used to, used to play for the Heat, so you know. But it is what it is. I mean, he wasn't lying. He wasn't <laughs> so, lying. He wasn't lying. You know, so it, I, I love the trash talk. It's fun. It's all fun. You know, as long as they don't go the rapper route.
0: You know, right? What I mean? so, right. It's all good. It looks like it's getting dangerously close to that. Big oh. Flow, so, what do you think about this back and forth?
3: I think quick has a point because I had never heard of either of those dudes before this uh, came up, (laughs) but I'm going to say that it's both. It's excessive. I think Clay Thompson was that's excessive. It's unprofessional to be on the mic and to to go there. They brought you to be an announcer and you kind of, you know, act like you're still on the court. I think he needs to be able to hold back. First of all, nothing crazy was happening. He should be able to hold back. I think it's reasonable for some people to come back out there in his defense and try to, to clown him. Big baby Davis, first of all. Shout out to fat people that can hoop. So I'm not gonna sit there and clown him <laughs> the way Maya is. So he went out there and he could hoop and big baby. So I like him already. But I think you know, he's he kind of resembled that. He's like, Man, you know, you're in the league, you're struggling to get there. It's one thing to talk, talk trash on the court, but you clown me, you know, on on TV and you're saying, Oh, you're about about the league. This is this dude's profession. You're trying to clown him like that. So I think those those responses to, to Clay were reasonable. I think he was excessive. Yeah, Shout out to fat I people. Agree.
0: Yeah. In, the, in, in, the case, in the case of this big old comma that uh, the saga that has now become a, a soap opera of sorts, an NBA soap opera. I'm gonna say that the response is excessive. And I say, why yes, I agree with superhero DJ John Quick, talking trash is just that talking trash. Clay Thompson was he a bit unprofessional? Yes, but that's what talking trash is the definition of talking trash <laughs> exactly that Wayne Ellington and even now K D liking that post and calling it unprofessional like get over yourselves man y'all playing a game that we've been talking trash while we played it since we were old enough to play it thompson was just talking trash he didn't give himself the mic whoever gave him that platform is they fall i think it's excessive so uh but i do like all y'all points all right y'all let's move (laughs) to the next one we're gonna go now to a story that i think y'all gonna love man and I think you're going to love it because I get to say these famous words. I told you so. I told y'all that LaMelo Ball was acting real Magic Johnson-ish. He's Magic-ish. And and, and y'all oh, look at yeah. me, like, I was, me like, you know? like it was sacrilegious for me to then say that this man is playing like Magic, but the proof is in the pudding. That young brother is out here, six foot seven, doing things at the point guard position that we haven't seen since the likes of a, 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 a Irving, Magic Johnson. I just want to make sure that we don't we don't pass up on his greatness. He had his best game of his career to date against the Milwaukee Bucks, which some thought was going to win the Eastern Conference title, but we don't know. But I don't know if they're gonna win it. But they gave up twenty seven points nine assists five rebounds and four steals Lamelo ball magic ish is it reasonable or excessive to acknowledge the greatness and call this man the magic to be i'll start with you sleeper Heat. heap no i'm gonna go with you big flow from the big flow show where, where we going I, i'm
3: gonna have to pay you a royalty on this uh maya but i'm gonna agree with you in the beginning Come on now. I mean, it's all hype. He's just getting started. You know, you come out there, you got a little hoop career. You're going out there. People don't know how you're going to play or whatever. Let them go through the season and figure out what his weaknesses are and how they're going to stop him and do whatever. Right now, it's still the shoot-around portion of the NBA. They're just getting getting loose, stretching their legs out. If he's still doing this towards the playoffs, okay, then we can start having a small conversation. But until then, it's just a shoot-around. Stop
0: it. All right. All right. Uh, come on now, Superhero DJ John, quick. I know that you were a Magic Johnson fan. And when you look at LaMelo, come, I mean, come on now. What do you think? Is it reasonable or excessive to call this man a little miniature Magic? What do you think?
1: In Magic Johnson's rookie year, in the championship game, he had 42-15-7. LaMelo will never do that all right Lamelo, Lamelo's. i think he, i mean honestly he surprised me he's a lot better than what i thought he would be in his first year but magic johnson you know he's not giving me magic johnson vibes like magic johnson put in those big boy pants immediately you know, Lamelo. he's playing for uh you know a very you know i'm being kind of marginally talented uh charlotte hornets team and again like like, like flo said this anything before the all-star game is just you know this is you know you know. basically the 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 preseason you know so especially the fact that they didn't even have a preseason so no nah, if he, if he's doing this in in late may whatever you know yeah I'll, I'll give him more props but right now like he's having a nice little rookie season but let's not get ahead of ourselves
0: <laughs> maya i see you over there the executioner about to go in i already know well, are you ready to Talk say about his daddy. <laughs> are you ready to say that i was right about lamelo and he looking real magic i don't like your daddy uh-huh. Let's say you, Maya?
2: First off, I need you to stop crowning these people that have not done things over a consistent amount of time. It's insulting to compare that Duck LaRange offspring, okay, to Magic Johnson. If, if Magic heard this, he'd come over to your house and fight you. Period. <laughs> stop crowning... These young athletes that have not endured or been through what Magic Johnson, Michael Jordan, these other athletes have been through, you're playing in a confined space, you're in the bubble, the conditions are ideal for you to have great games, you're not, on the, you're not dealing with what Magic Johnson had to go through. They didn't like him when they traveled. The Lakers used to go to Boston. Oh my god, do you know how many in bombs they dropped on that man and how many buckets he dropped on them? So <laughs> I, I need you to team Sunshine. I know you 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 love all that brightness. You team bright sun. You, look, I can't deal with the highlighters today. Uh all right. So look, I'm just gonna team
0: say team Saquon Barkley. Saquon Barkley. Agree with me, he starts saying he looking real magic-like too, and Saquon Barkley doesn't have any credibility in the basketball world, but I figured i would repeat it. Saquon Barkley agreed with me. In the case of my man LaMelo, looking real magic-ish, is it reasonable or excessive to acknowledge his magic-like ways? It is very reasonable. What's
3: the appeal uh do yeah, oh, yeah. well, who do I find my appeal with? with you
0: know, court? you know what it is when you have a self interested judge, they're gonna uh rule self interestedly. So I rule self interestedly that yes, this is reasonable. Yeah, I agree with you all that he doesn't have the body of work, but it's like he can't yet. He can only have the games that he's playing, the games that he's played have been. Amazing. I'm agreeing with you, Saquon Barkley, or you agreeing with me. I said it He's first. Not even, I'm about to go into my Jimmy Green. Lamello <laughs> is who we thought he was. He
1: thought he was. <laughs> go go
0: on, just crown Hey, look, man. Drake, Drake had his run. Lamello is about to take over for all team <laughs> right skin. It's on you, Lamello. Don't let them down. All right,
2: y'all. Sorry.
0: <laughs> he got diamonds. He got to
3: get uh polished, which you can't a no toothbrush no more, right?
0: I oh. mean, and how can somebody that bright want to be brighter? But yet, yeah, he has the diamonds. All right, my man, uh, Tom Brady, TB12. It would not be a conversation about the big game. It's an episode called Big Game Theory. We cannot get through this episode without talking about TB12. Tom Brady, the GOAT, some might call him. Mm-hmm. Thou who shall be recognized as an amazing Super Bowl performer. That TB12, all right, is... On record, again, we got people snitching because <laughs> uh, Levante David, one of the linebackers, went on a podcast. He went on All Things Covered, the podcast that uh Patrick Peterson hosts. And my dog, shout out to my man uh, Brian McFadden, who is the other co-host of All Things Covered podcast. While well, I'm shouting him out, y'all check him out. Me and Brian McFadden and I, I've known him since high school. Shout out to him. But on that podcast, Levante David told the story of when TB12 was in the locker room and one of his teammates uh, took to crying, uh, tears of joy, as they won the NFC Championship, the Conference Championship, and the reality sank in that they would be moving on to the Super Bowl. He started crying. TB12 said, what the F you crying about? We ain't done yet. Is that reasonable or excessive that TB12 went out on a limb like that and told him, man, ain't no crying in football? Reasonable or excessive. I'm starting with you, Maya.
2: It's excessive. First of all, did we get on him about supporting that 45 maggot? Uh-oh. We get on him about that. So he needs to keep his opinion and his spy gate and tuck rule and all that old other shit to himself because we don't care.
0: All right. Superhero DJ John, quick. Reasonable or excessive. It seems like he's just a winner. Stop all that crying. We ain't done yeah. yet.
1: Yeah, reasonable. He he's just trying to get that, that culture right. You know what I'm saying? Like, yo. Don't be getting excited because we made it to the Super Bowl. We're trying to win this chip. So it's reasonable. You know what I'm saying? I understand, you know, dude, dude made it, have been on a losing team all his career in terms of the NFL. So him crying, you know, tears of joy to get to the Super Bowl, which a lot of cats don't make it to, I get it. But I get TB12 saying like, dude, what you doing, man? We, we still got a job to do. So, yeah, I, right. I'm not mad at that.
0: Yeah, that'd be like you crying as soon as you're – invitee to the prom as soon as she says yes you start crying nah dog you gotta cash in you gotta go to the prom make that thing right and then all right sorry i digress uh big pro, big
3: pro. that's totally reasonable that's, that's why they brought him there i mean when you we've all been in the football game there's, there's there's three four minutes left in the game and people get we score to go up everyone starts cheering going crazy going nuts and somebody stops hey we haven't won yet we got to finish this game so we say, look man i know you're excited man but wait I got this. We do championships now. All right. This is what we're going for. This is just part of the game. So yeah, I, that's goat talk to me.
0: I'm, yeah, for you. I'm, I'm going with the fellas on this one. I'm going to say in the case of, of being tough and saying, what the F you crying about, that's very mm-hmm. reasonable. Uh, they say, act like you've been there before. But this particular teammate obviously had not been mm-hmm. there before. So TB12 helped him act like you've been there before, man. We got to go win this thing. TB12, you mentioned it. Miss Majestic Maya, the Maverick. Did he get a pass? Did he get a pass when it comes to his political connection to Mr. Donald Trump? We don't have to say president no more or former president Donald Trump uh, because Shannon Sharp called him out, said if that was a black player and there was some questionable political connectivity, they would have been run through the doggone hot coals. Uh, of political opinion whereas tb12 we don't even talk about it in fact tb12 had an opportunity to answer a question and what i I dare say he quick quick kicked it he punted it away and didn't answer the question is shannon sharp on to something are we giving him a pass i'll start with you Flo. quickly yes or no excessive or reasonable that uh it can be construed as he's getting a pass because we don't really talk about his trump connection
3: you know, I don't I don't talk uh, when it comes to politics, whatever you're going to make your 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 vote. You can. He's difference between like a quiet support or a vote and somebody who's just like a Trumper. I don't think he came to the level of Trumper. And I, maybe I'm misspeaking because I didn't hear all the uh all the research there. But like, you know, he punted. He didn't give a chance to come out there and start beating his chest and saying Trump, 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 like some of these other people have done and got in trouble for like Erlacher or or, um, whatever the defensive end is that, um, I can't remember his name for the 49ers. Bosa. You know, he didn't seem like he, he Joey, you Bosa. Joey Bosa, yeah, Joey Bosa. He doesn't seem like he was a beat his chest, chest trump or so. Every one man, one vote he gets to go do it. I don't know, it, I, I'm, I, it's a tie to me.
0: It's, it's funny tie. that you say that because I saw uh, someone post something about the Bosa brothers who both went to the illustrious St. Thomas Aquinas of the greater Fort Lauderdale, Florida area. And I felt some type of way as they posted these pictures. I'm I'm happy that the Bosa brothers went to St. Thomas, but the stuff that they've said, the very interesting political views that they've taken, uh, the views that the insurrectionists took as they threatened our democracy, I felt some type of way. And so, I don't know. What do you think, superhero DJ John Quick? Is Shannon Sharp right? Have we given... TB12 will pass, whereas other players wouldn't get that same pass.
1: First of all, I'd like to say a big fuck you to the Bozo brothers that you're talking about because <laughs> I remember one in particular called Colin Kaepernick a clown. All right. So fuck both of them. And number two, yes, he's getting a crazy pass. Dude had a Make America Great Again hat in his locker. You know what I'm saying? And he's getting the pass. Ben Rothenberger getting the pass. So. You know, nah I think Shannon Sharp is on to something hundred percent. So later for those dudes, man, like real talk, like don't don't be in a locker room with brothers that, way, and whatever, that, and then and, you know talking all this kumbaya stuff, and you supporting a straight up racist. Fuck them. Uh, I'm sorry. Yeah. Good morning.
0: <laughs> I would a capital, I, capital F or a little F. I'm not quite sure by the way you said. I just want to say on this episode, <laughs> big game theory. We've got to record this because this is the first time that someone beat Miss Majestic Maya to the punch and dropped an F bomb before she did. And it was elegantly placed. Before breakfast. Some Straight of them up. Eaten breakfast uh, yet. Tell me how you really feel, superhero DJ John. I'm with you. Uh, Miss Majestic Maya, reasonable or excessive? Is Shannon Sharp's view that indeed. TB12 is getting a pass. Uh, He seems to be the luckiest man in the world. And even when it comes to politics, because everything associated with Trump at this point after the insurrection has been deemed out of bounds and people are running for cover when it comes to their support. But yet still, TB12, we're not even discussing it this week. You get the last word, Miss Majestic Meyer.
2: First off, uh, shout out to Shannon Sharp. He had cancer, so, you know, we just tell it like it is. <laughs> How would someone feel if a black athlete was out there talking about uh, Minister Louis Farrakhan? Exactly. Oh, my God, this guy's anti-Semitic. He hates Jews and he needs to be rapping Blah, 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 blah. What the fuck ever. Mm-hmm. Call a spade a spade. This walking piece of orange trash has consistently expressed racist hateful stupid views so if you vote for someone who consistently shows you that they're racist stupid fat shout out to the fat people that are not racist that means <laughs> <no one laughs> racist, we're
3: shouting our fat folks today
2: fat i mean I don't understand. no one wants to call him racist no one wants to call him stupid if I walk around and I see somebody walking down the street and they're flaming, I hate black people. I hate black people. I hate black people. And someone says, you know what? I agree with him. Yeah. I this. oh my God, he's running for office. I'm going to vote for him. Then that makes you a racist ass hat too. I don't, of course, he's got the complexion for uh protection. He's a white male. Playing quarterback, he's married to a foot face model. I get it, he is their poster child. A
0: foot face yeah. model? What is a foot
3: face model?
2: <laughs>
0: Self-explanatory foot face. her
2: face? Her face is the size, it's the of foot.
0: Well, well, so <laughs> I'm gonna so so I'll say this when it comes to Shannon Sharp, I'm gonna say that was very reasonable that he indeed gets a pass. But you allow me then to pivot to the last topic and it's, I'm gonna sort of bring it together because Kaepernick leading up to the big game, Colin Kaepernick has now been featured on a billboard right there in Tampa, he's been embraced. Ben and Jerry's has a campaign and it says something to the effect of, uh, I know I know my rights and change the world, spelled W-H-I-R-L-E-D, a play on world ice cream. But there's this, this whole embracing of Kaepernick now even in Super Bowl week or the big game week, uh, I got to ask, like, is it reasonable or excessive to think that the commercial affiliation, the brands bring him on, it, it does it align and for you fit into the cause? And so and and I would go even further to say Roger Goodell now is all of a sudden he wants basically to have a shrine of Colin Kaepernick and, and, and saying all the right things uh, is. Is it pandering at this point? Is it reasonable or excessive, all of the fanfare that he's getting? And do you think that the brand connection, his being a spokesperson for brands, doesn't undermine the cause? Those are two big questions. Uh, I'll give everybody a a quick two minutes. I'll start with you, Miss Majestic Maya, and come over to Big Flow, and then we got to get out of this segment because we're running long. Go
2: ahead. First off, I think it's disrespectful for the NFL to even mention this man's name. That punk ass Roger Goodell couldn't even apologize to him. He did he tamped ass around that man's name. I was like, damn, what is he saying, man? Sims, he did everything but apologize to that man. So fuck the NFL, Roger Goodell. You could go play in traffic. How about you take a long walk off a short pier? Secondly, I'm all for Colin Kaepernick getting all the exposure because you want to know why he is actually doing the work for people yes. who look yes. like him i have no problem with it i don't even like ben and jerry's ice cream but i buy it because they do the work
0: a superhero dj john quick on to you well you know it's a little
1: personal for me being that i actually know colin and his girlfriend you know pretty well and you know why do our why do our leaders why do our activists have to be broke you know he he deserves every penny he can get because number one he literally had his career sacrificed, all right. Mm-hmm. And then for the NFL to even have the audacity to mention his name, put him in the new Madden and uh, as a free agent, which is crazy. Um, um, what else? Like just just the fact that we're even broaching this subject or whether it's questionable he should be, you know, receiving any type of um uh endorsements is, is crazy to me because he he's the definition, you know, I'm 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 superhero DJ John Quick, but to me, Colin Kaepernick is a true superhero. He's an Avenger, he's a defender, he's part of the Justice League. He's all those things for black people. So yeah, I, I I'm I'm with anything Colin does, you know I'm gonna be 100 percent behind. You know what I'm saying? Aside from the not voting piece, but you know that's something we already talked about. You know what I'm all saying? Right. But other than that, I'm with him.
0: Big flow from the big flow show. You bring the point home, and then I gotta get a ruling, and then we're gonna get out of this this section.
3: Um, when it comes to uh, Roger Goodell and the NFL starting to acknowledge Kaepernick, um, I'm not going to give them like kudos for it, but I do think that you you know people come around. Like we we're trying to make change, right? So they were wrong before; and they made bad decisions before. It may not even be sincere now, but they're publicly speaking on 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 the behalf of Kaepernick and saying that things are wrong. Could they go further? Absolutely. But at the same time, you, we we're looking for change. We're starting to get some change. It's starting to become acceptable. I think that the uh the products going behind them, Nike being behind them now. Ben and Jerry's being behind them. I like it because Colin isn't even really speaking. You're not hearing anything, but he's speaking, right? He's becoming more mainstream and people are, I think, you know, the, the corporate sponsors are voting with the, with, with their voices and saying, hey, we stand behind you. We stand behind your people. We stand behind the cause. So I love seeing the billboard. I love making it so it doesn't go away and it's always out there. Um, but we have to allow people to start to change and make make changes. They're, we Again, we don't fall in love with them. We can't say we're loving them, but they're making changes and they're saying things that we wanted them to say the first time. At some point, they got to do it, otherwise, they gonna stay on the other side, and 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 then that's worse. So,
0: last word. Right. Go ahead, superhero DJ John. Quick,
1: real quick. And I, I encourage everyone on this who's listening to this podcast to go visit uh, we know we know our rights camp uh, .com. That's his cause, and like Maya said, he's putting in the work. He's putting his money where his mouth is. So, trust me. Like, we we got a winner in this dude. And it's just a shame that these NFL owners just can't get over their little soft-ass egos and give this man at least a real trial and not some bullshit trial on a Saturday where nobody who can make decisions can attend the tryout. Thank you.
0: I was all ready to vote very different ways or to rule very different ways. Maybe it's recency bias, but I think you 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 helped me see it a different way, Big Flow. because I, I thought, I'm going to be honest with you, when I heard about all the brand connection and being here, being there, I just thought it undermined the initial cause and it distracted from what the message was, initial message of of Black men being overly susceptible to brutality at the hand of, of police men, police women, police folk, police departments, And uh, I thought it took away from it. But uh, you guys got a point. At the end of the day, the bigger the platform, the bigger the message. I think that being woke has become a part of the big game and it's acceptable now. So uh, and a lot of that has to do with Colin Kaepernick Uh, in terms of the Roger Goodell now having a love affair and saying that he deserves the recognition. uh, You know, I'm a little more. Open to hearing that as well, uh, along with Big Flow, not because I think it's sincere, but because in him saying it, uh, we have at least made some progress in a world that I've seen on the corporate side uh, a large white male population see and understand the injustices that is inflicted upon people of color and women forever. They still don't acknowledge that there there needs to be some change. And so I think Roger Goodell is maybe it's pandering, maybe it's self-interested, but I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt on this one. So I'll say it's reasonable in this case. All right, y'all. Um, this was a great segment. We're going to come back uh, in a little bit. you know what it is this is the traffic court where you've got the the judge myself b brown esq you got the jury you got big flow from the big flow show and you have the maestro superhero dj john quick and the executioner who is never afraid to execute she's the maverick miss majestic maya um that is the segment let's hop into center court for our halftime and then we'll be back great job guys All right, y'all, Center Court, you know what it is. Halftime is, uh, you know, our halftime report is brought to you by excessive Celebration with much more than a party. We are an event on top of your, excuse me, an experience on top of your event. All right, so now we've got Center Court. And Center Court, like we do it every week, is basically taking the show, the title of the show, the episode, and explaining why we made that decision. Today's episode, as we've talked about a few times, is called Big Game Theory, all right? And so stick with me here as we do center court today. Big Game Theory in the center court. Look, if you had one shot or one opportunity to seize everything you ever wanted, in one moment, would you capture it? let it slip now of course those are the the famous words from eminem's song lose yourself a song that i always listened to before a big moment in my life i listened to it before i took the lsat for law school i listened to it before i took the g which is the entrance exam for business school and i still listen to it every time i have a big meeting or a big moment uh Every year around this time, we get to watch a certain football game where all the players have their one big moment. And every year around this time, I watch commercials during that same game where brands that spend millions and millions of dollars to make uh, those commercials. Every year, it amazes me that those same brands only refer to the game as the big game. As it turns out, the brands cannot say the Super Bowl unless they pay for that privilege. Because the NFL registered that trademark back in 1969. When it comes to the big game, the NFL has used its big bank to take little bank, which prevents event curators like myself from using the phrase Super Bowl. Uh If you throw an event, you got to call it the big game party or or the big game game watch. However, I love the phrase big game. Because back in my day, we always said big time players make big time plays and big time games. Then there's the other half of today's title, which is game theory. Uh, A term that we learned in business school, but I'll explain it here. Investopedia defines game theory as a theoretical framework for conceiving social situations among competing players. In some respects, game theory is a science of strategy, or at least the optimal decision-making of independent and competing actors in a strategic setting. While there will be a ton of strategy on Sunday as Bruce Arians and Andy Reid face off, and then Tom Brady and Patrick Mahomes go toe-to-toe, under the big lights in the big game. It's the perfect opportunity to think about those big moments and those unique opportunities that each of us have in our own lives. For example, this week's news that Stacey Abrams, a woman who we've highlighted here in center Court previously, to hear that she's been nominated for a Nobel Peace Prize is a great example of someone who never let the big bad establishment dampen her outlook, And undermine her accomplishments she redefined her objectives and increased the stakes to win an even bigger game for the greater good and by doing so she benefited personally as well so what does that mean for you and me we all have a big game moment that might not go as planned dare i say we become like the character rabbit You know, when we snap back to reality, oh, there goes gravity, oh, there goes rabbit. He choked. He's so mad, but he won't give up that easy. As you can tell, I love the game. But this big game theory is my challenge to you and to myself to be like Rabbit, the character. Be like Stacey Abrams, excuse me, Abrams, not Adam, Stacey Abrams, the politician. Be like Tom Brady and bounce back by being strategic and never accepting failure as an option. Whether it's getting yourself out of debt, bouncing back from a job loss, recovering from incarceration and bad decisions, picking yourself up and resuming your dreams after losing a loved one or any other notable achievement by overcoming the odds and winning. You are setting the example for those following in your footsteps. The big game is yours to win as Long as your theory and strategy is about something bigger than yourself. And that's a word from the center court. All right, y'all. We're gonna get into the third quarter, which is gonna be strictly business. I'm gonna bring back Big Flow from the Big Flow show, and we're gonna get into some quick business. Strictly business is the name of the segment, and we're gonna rock out real quick. Big flow got you back for strictly business. You know what it is. Still good, y'all still good. Okay, America's still good, baby. Um, so I know that uh, we are uh, pressing on time. So when when you got to get out, just tap tap out. I know you got to go. I like this. i, yeah, I it. around and started late. Just tap out. All right. But we're going to get through Strictly Business first, and then I'll let you go for the day. I'll, I'll bring it home by myself on fourth quarter. So Strictly Business is this. Um, yep. Tom Brady, his merchandise sets a whole new two week record for the two weeks leading up to Super Bowl 55. Uh Tom Brady is the gift that keeps giving in terms of merchandise. What do you think about the fact that this man at 43 years old in his 10th Super Bowl can still set records even off the field? And people are buying his jerseys up like nobody's business. He is the definition of commerce and very good for people's pockets. What do you say? I mean,
3: it's to be expected at this point, right? He he goes to Tampa Bay. First year there, You know, I think Mahomes still may have beat him though. If I'm not mistaken, Mahomes still had a better thing. But people already have a Mahomes jersey from last year. You don't have to buy a new jersey every year. This is the first time you could ever buy a Tom Brady jersey. So you take a quarterback that's leading the team to a Super Bowl for the first time and since however long it's been, they're gonna sell a lot of jerseys. It's the first year on the team, so nobody they're not gonna wear a Patriot jersey to the game or any out to the party or whatever they're gonna do. They gotta wear the new Tampa. So I think it's a little inflated, but again, he's 43 years old, so. I can't believe that he's you know your age and he's out here still letting people touch him and tackle him and stuff like that. I can't imagine that. So I'm gonna give him props for that. But I think a little bit it's kind of like what of course he's setting records for, for jersey because no one has a jersey for Tom Brady.
0: When it comes to the big game of commerce, man, that that guy, T B twelve, is just good for business. And uh that felt personal that you said he's my age and paused. but I'm gonna I go couldn't ahead say of- my age because that would be a lie because I'm a little older. So I had to, you know, find the young the next guy in the room, you know. <laughs> uh we'll see what happens a lot of those jerseys because i i agree with you. i i think people are crazy when they just wear like a patriots jersey to a game where tom brady happens to be playing because mm-hmm. he no longer plays for the patriots but people do it so you've got a point there the fact that he is new to the tampa bay buccaneers organization probably influenced the uptick in those jersey sales but those last two weeks broke records in over a two-week span so TB twelve still doing it, man. Mary Nobody think
3: they were gonna make it to the Super Bowl, and when they did, yeah. oh, man, hold on, let's get my little jersey for the party.
0: Everybody likes a winner. Ticket scalpers uh, are on the other side of that business; is bad for them. The NFL is doing a good job of trying to regulate their own market. Instead of just releasing tickets that then get sold on the secondhand market, they are doing most of it themselves. It went from about eighty percent of the tickets being sold on the secondary market back in 2017 to this year, less than 20% of the available tickets have been sold on the secondary market. Uh, Is this the end of an era for ticket scalpers? And did the big bank again dominate little bank when it comes to the big game of ticket sales to the Super Bowl?
3: I look at it a couple ways. First of all, I, I don't really knock anyone's hustle, but the ticket scalping business in general, you know, is bad. A lot of people can't go to games now because the scalpers get their hold on tickets and the, the average citizen can't. I mean, it's already 250 dollars for a ticket anyway. And now the scalpers make it at four thousand. So I think that's a little unfair. Um, But I do think, you know, it's covid. We're in a pandemic right? The, the TV experience is getting much, much better, right? So now people want to have Super Bowl parties and they want to have, watch the commercials and do whatever. The event is so great or the big game party, I guess you want to call it. The, uh, the game is so experience is so great on TV. Not as many people want to go. And with COVID and all the different stuff like that, they're just, they're, they're, they're not really doing it. So, um, I can't be mad at the NFL for trying to take some of that that money that's on the secondary market. I'm bought our Notre Dame, uh, was getting mad when people were scalping tickets years ago and they started doing uh personal seat licenses. So they're like, all right, if you guys are willing to pay $300 a ticket, give me 3000. I'll let you buy season tickets before they didn't do that. So I can't be mad at people for trying to make more money off of their product. So,
0: all right. Um, so I, I, I to that same end the financial losses in the sports world more broadly, we think about the ticket scalpers. Other people are facing losses because of events, because of, uh, concessions and all the other things related to the sport, uh, the respective sports. There are two examples of this that come to mind that I think stand out. One is the University of Texas, because it shows just how much money a program like that makes. And I'm going to look to my notes just because I have these numbers. I They were earth shattering numbers that I did not believe upon first read, but uh, they, they, they've lost revenue. And they're down 23 million and, and still up. <laughs> and still and still made 201 million in revenue. Mm-hmm. Profits million. 20, 22 million in profits. Uh the football program made 147 million in gross revenue alone, and Texas wasn't that good this year. So there's that part of it. When you think of as a parent, a son that's being recruited, just think about how much money goes into. A sport like football on a college campus like Texas, one of the big programs. And then the second part of that is the NFL, because their revenue also dipped in a pandemic, but wasn't crippling at all. And they are down at least 100 million per team. So <laughs> altogether, the aggregate are down about 3 billion to 4 billion uh, from an aggregate level, the entire league. Yet that didn't cripple them. And so that's my only challenge. And and, and I didn't mention this in the previous segment about Colin Kaepernick. I thought Colin Kaepernick had the NFL on the ropes. And finally, we were going to have their books exposed. And so these type of numbers, to know that they're down 100 million, at least 100 million per organization, and they still are living great. And to think, you know, the University of Texas and their football program still makes 147 million in gross revenue in one year, despite COVID just shows how big the numbers are. And, you know, I, I think we, as people who participated on all levels, we, we lose sight of just how big the business is beyond just the plays that we make or the recruiting class that we were in. What do you think?
3: You know, so I, I read that article and I looked at the, um, at the numbers and I think it was all sports, right? It was 200 million. It was all sports.
0: $200 on uh, all
3: sports, yes. For all sports. Million, all and sports. I think I saw the number. Like 27
0: seven was football.
3: Okay. But, you know, we lost the tournament. Well, I don't know if they were a tournament. Anyway, I believe that they only had $21 million was for scholarships out of that $200 million. Um, The rest of the stuff was going towards, like, coaches' salaries and all kinds of different things like that. So you start – that article was telling – it told them a lot. When they started talking about we can't afford to pay the athletes and we can't yeah. do this or whatever – I don't know how many athletes they have, but they got 21 million on scholarships, $22 million in, in, in profits. So everybody's paid. Everyone's making their money. Everyone's doing their thing. And you still have profits in a down year. So, you know, I mean, I don't know if there's going to be some increased uh, costs that are associated to getting back up to the, the the revenue, whatever, but let's assume that at least half of that money would come back and they'd have 30 million in profit. Now tennis, Texas is a, is a huge program. Not right. everybody is a Texas, but At the same time, it really sheds a lot of light on how much money is being made and how much money is left over for the organization. So, I don't know. I mean, it says a lot. As
0: as a former player, doesn't it make you feel as though we got hoodwinked, bamboozled? Run amok. We didn't land on Planet Rock. Planet Rock landed on us because that (laughs) level of money. And, look, Texas has a brand significant enough to have its own network. They were one of the first to do it, if not the first to do it. But – um in th- in that same vein that same spirit i gotta at least mention uh my god Messi. Uh, uh you you know who he is uh mm-hmm. the soccer player who uh, makes all type of money lionel Messi. Mm-hmm. um this is the second time we talked about soccer on the ball sports talk today we expanded y'all we expanded um uh, this young man uh, young man uh, they somehow they we don't know who snitched they released the details of his contract and it's 550 million euros which is more than dollars mm-hmm. over four years he had 115 billion oh. euro signing both he's bad too and yeah. and and this is where he gangster al capone scarface with it he is now suing whoever snitched for extra propose. he needs more than that. He need more because he want didn't make incentives, so he ain't gonna make all this. So I'm gonna sue you on top of it. Uh, last last uh story in this segment Adrian Broner, I think it was a cautionary tale. He was on Instagram divulging the fact that he had $13 in his account, asking people to give to his cash app, and basically begging money mayweather, uh pun intended, begging money mayweather to have uh, uh to fight him. And n- not a real fight, but some exhibition fight. He thought he could make 30 to 50 million just because his money Mayweather. Now, this is the same guy that, that you know, used to use the imaginary phone, which was bricks of cash. You should just throw away money. Used to do ignorant things. It's a cautionary tale that I hope people learn from. Uh, A.B., all the Benjamins and all the other names he gave himself could be A.B., absolutely broke. What do you think about it? First, I'm going to start at Messi, right? And I say, look, you know, you're putting
3: a man's business on the street. And, uh, you know, in the United States, it's everybody's business. But my dad used to say this, and I got to quote my pops. If I could win $100 million in lottery, I'd tell him to keep $20 million if you just keep my name out your mouth. Don't put my name out there in the street, let people know I got all that money. So Messi might have some family members that's lining up out the door. You got all kind of people bothering him now. He got five. We'll be telling million. nobody how much I make. Don't tell how much I make. They're sweating me now. So I'm suing y'all for all the people. This is going to go to the family that keeps calling me what's going on there. So yeah, right. keep my business out the street if it's against the law. I'm not mad at him for suing for that because that is an embarrassing amount of money to be making. But, um, Bonner Bonner was always terrible to me. He never was a good boxer. He was all all lip, nothing. Great marketer,
0: though. Great marketer. Great
3: marketer, I guess. I don't know. I'm just not a fan. He gets out there, he never does well. Now he's broke and he wants Mayweather to give him a fight, do it. And the thing that I guess it just makes us all monkeys if we if we actually pay for the fight. Like if he gives him the fight, I hope nobody buys it. I just feel like I need the money. I'm just gonna come out here and just do something.
0: I don't like it. I don't like it. The fact that he wanted to qualify as an exhibition makes me think that he thinks uh, Money Mayweather would not put a title on the line. It's got to be a very low risk of losing anything uh, in order for him to step in the ring with him. Uh, I hate to see brothers lose money like that. Today's episode is entitled Big Game Theory. And the big game, whether you like it or not, is wealth accumulation. You can be rich and still be broke be poor in terms of your outlook, your mentality, in terms of your appreciation of how that money can help others and help the community and provide resources to people beyond just your boxing career. And unfortunately, AB, while I love him as a marketer and a trash talker, I hate to see that he got $13 in his bank account. Uh, I ain't got much more than that. But uh, when it comes to the case of big bank, take little bank. I could do it. I got more than thirteen dollars. We're gonna transition quickly to the fourth quarter. Let's we go. got about five minutes, and we're gonna be out of here. I know I'm. I'm going along because we started late, but the we gotta get the people what they want. Ball Hawk talk. what they want. Uh, like we ask you guys every week, humbly, please like, please comment, please share. Please tag a friend. Please tag a foe. Tag anybody that you know. It's The Ballhawk Sports Talk where sports business and entertainment collide with your boy B Brown ESQ aka The Ballhawk aka The Mouth of South aka Mr. Success Celebration here with the la, la familia big flow from the big flow show who you guys will be seeing a lot of. We about to bring it home in the fourth quarter with the sports freestyle. This is how we going to rock. Uh first one, Martellus Bennett who has been quite an outspoken player, not only during his career, but now post career, he had a lot to say on Twitter. And essentially he said that the people you think that, you know, you really don't know. We're wired a certain way. We're wired to be aggressive, violent humans. And you, you, you might not appreciate just how dark our dark side is. The people that you are fans of a lot of more horrible human beings. He talked about the transition and the mental challenges of transitioning into a world where you're not the creme de la creme. You're not the best thing since sliced bread. So what do you think about Martellus Bennett Bennett? spilling the beans and sharing some good info you
3: know it's interesting because we've had those conversations you know guys like myself and yourself we talk about it we talk about different teams and so you know each need each championship and if you if you read some coaches books that have been written out there you'll see little glimpses of it you need those people on a team unfortunately that you don't know if they're gonna make it through the whole season you need those guys that are a little bit on the wild side so when you see people doing Crazy things that we think is crazy. And then as as society, we step back and say, man, they have all this opportunity and all this money. And how can they act like that? So you don't realize the fact that they act like that is the reason why they're good like that, because it's crazy to run into somebody full speed. And hit them as hard as you can, knowing you could bust your neck and break your head any play that normal people don't do that. When you walk in society, you walk on the sidewalk. People avoid contact. Right. We run into contact. So right. that you, you right. have to have a little bit of a screw loose. So it's amazing that we can be as as, as great as we are and, and flip the switch as much as we can. But, you know, I think I think there's just something good about putting it out there and people can realize it. you know, mental health, like people are talking about, is becoming more acceptable and understandable. But there's a lot of crazy stuff that goes on that you're you're triggered to do. We train these kids. When I used to coach the kids, I said, now is the time not to be like what your parents told you, right? They tell you don't hit anybody, be polite, be nice. Now was the time to, to, to put out your frustration. The kid that took your toy in school, the uh, the, the extra cookie or ice cream that your mom won't let you have. Now is the time to go out there and let it all out. But I'm, I'm now that I look back at it, yeah, I'm sort of creating the monster. But I wanted to let these kids know this is your release and then you've got to shut it off. But that switch sometimes will break on you. So um, I'm not mad at him for putting that out there. I think it's time people should know and understand what they go through.
0: I love that he put it out there. And let me just say, let me qualify, because there's levels to this crazy. Uh, As we talked about the fact that we were never teammates, and you said immediately, your immediate response was, out of (laughs) love to knock you out. There is levels to this craziness. As an offensive player, I didn't think about that. I thought about touchdowns and touchdown dances a.k.a. excessive celebrations. But you, on the other hand, thought about decapitating people. There mm-hmm. is levels to this, but on all levels, I love that Martellus Bennett put it in uh, layman's term where people can understand it. So Kansas City, offensive lineman, Laurent DuVernay Tardif. He is a Canadian and possibly French. Is that French? Not
3: Yeah, name. French Canadian. Right Probably from Quebec, from Montreal. Montreal.
0: Um, but he is, I think, a, a model example of how to deal with the bubble. Not only did he opt out, this was a starter in last year's Super Bowl championship. He opted out. He also has an MD. He's the one who won an MD on the back of his jersey. He graduated from med school. He decided to be on the front lines and help people dealing with COVID. What do you think about this great story? It's one of the storylines you probably won't hear about, but one that's worth talking about, especially in the era that... All these athletes have talked about the overwhelming grief that COVID has presented to them and the mental strain that it has provided to them, uh, a burden on their back. Here's a guy who opted out of the season and was on the front lines. What do you think?
3: First of all, shout out to anybody who has a medical degree uh, of any kind, or in, and still got a chance to play football. So he he did med school, and and uh, did this. So shout out to him for that. Um. I think the irony there has to be celebrated the fact that he op- most people opted out because of self-preservation or preservation of a loved one or a family member or whatever their personal reasons are for themselves. He opted out and put himself in harm's way. I got to respect that. I got to say, "Hey, listen, um I probably wouldn't have done it, you know, but I think for you to feel that kind of a calling that you think you could be of a greater help and it's what it's more it's greater than football, it's bigger than football. I want to go out here on the front lines and start helping people. If if you don't
0: respect that, what do you respect? he is i think uh, another example of that center court piece that i did the big game theory the fact that he has taken this opportunity he's lost himself in the moment but the moment for him that that victory that success was strategically done for anybody but himself it was for the greater good so shout out to that brother we need more examples in the football world like that all right i cannot let you leave without at least asking who you got. And I'm going to, before I tee this up, because I got to know who who you're predicting to win. Before I tee this up, I got to say to our audience, whether you're listening to us in the podcast universe, whether you are watching us in the live feed, I want you guys please to like, comment, and share the live feed audience. Please subscribe in the podcast audience. But I want from a comment standpoint, I need to know who y'all got. There are two teams, the Kansas City Chiefs and Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes and Eric Bieniemy as the offensive coordinator and a great defensive backfield that the first time that they played, they got the best of the receivers, Tampa Bay receivers. I need to know, audience, ball hog, sports talk, supporters, loyalists, our listeners, our watchers, don't try to tell us next week that you knew Tampa or you knew Kansas City was going to win. We want it on record. Who do you have? Is it Kansas City or is it Tampa Bay? Are you going Patrick Mahomes and that young team? Are you going TB12, the season vet that figures it out? Put it on record right now. I'm going I'm to review every single one of these predictions. And then I tee it up for you. Big Flow from the Big Flow Show. Drum roll, please. It's the big game theory. And so the big game itself, what is your theory? who wins and why
3: being a man of many birthdays as I am looking <laughs> at a man like Tom Brady, who's had many birthdays as well. There's gotta be some sort of a soft spot for him, right? He's coming out here. He's 43 years old. He's representing the Geritol and Bengay uh, community. Very well.
0: Don't forget. I see um, hot, icy see hot, hot,
3: icy, hot, hot, icy hot, 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 all that kind yeah. of stuff. Then I look at uh, Jason Pierre Paul. He came out and, uh, you know, lost some fingers Broken neck. He's coming out here. He's making a big, uh, big stands, having a great year, Pro Bowl type Pro Bowl year, going to Super Bowl. Love that line of perseverance. But all that being said, I'm going Kansas City because <laughs> I like my man, my homeboy, homes. Uh, I like Andy Reid. Again, shout out to the fat guys. You know, I got a soft spot for the fat guys. Alvin um, corner is see-
0: fat too. Eric Bieniemy is fat. Eric is fat he too, and he used to be. He was
3: whatever. He's a reform fat. I mean, reform yeah. skinny guy and became yep. a fat dude. So you got to respect the fact that he came over to our side. You know, because he was a dude with the top pick back in school. You know what I mean? We digress. But I got to go with my Chiefs. I don't know. I just got to go with my
0: Chiefs. All that said, you going with the Chiefs? All right, y'all. Here it is on the ball Hawk sports talk please again please like please comment please share i don't I, I can't avoid it i'm not gonna punt on this i'm not gonna quick kick like tom brady did on the question related to donald trump i'm gonna answer this my prediction for the big game number 55 super bowl 55 if they come get us great that means they listening that means we got the audience come get me if you won't nfl i'm gonna call it the super bowl my super bowl prediction the big game if you will my theory is that the rooney rule and the lack of execution on it there's going to be karma and the team with all black coordinators the team that also happens to have tb12 my class same class in college 43 years old same age that team with a black offensive coordinator a well, black defensive coordinator. The offense coordinator is Byron Leftwich. The uh, defensive coordinator is uh, Raheem Moores. and they even have a black offense. Excuse me, special teams coordinator, which I'm proud to say I don't know his name, but he black. Oh, is uh, it
3: that um, Armstrong?
0: Is, did they get Armstrong? I think it's Armstrong. He was Notre Dame special team coach there. Okay, uh, and he's like the one black special teams guy. I should have known that. Yeah, I will say this: I'm going with Tampa Bay. TB twelve. It's going to be a close game, and if and if Kansas City figures out a way to debunk that theory and they win, I'll be happy either way. Because Eric Bieniemy, I'm I think is long overdue for a head coaching role.
3: Doesn't he? Doesn't he share
0: your? Uh, he is. He's a Q. He's, he's a, a fraternal, fraternal letters. Absolutely.
3: Disrespect y'all. You know, so I just refer to yeah. it the big game, the big the big symbol. That's how it's called. The big, big symbol and the big. So y'all game. come looking for me. I know how y'all yeah. be.
0: Yeah, no nah, man, but I I I'm going with Tampa Bay. You're going with Kansas City. And that's why Big Flow from the Big Flow show and B Brown ESQ AK the Ballhawk, aka the, Ball the Mouth South, AK Mr. Access Evolution from the Ball Hawk Sports Talk. That's why we vibe, baby, because we don't always agree. So we argue. Oops, I mean debate. This has been real. Thank you for the sports freestyle. Sorry we went over a little bit. I'm gonna close out. Uh have a good weekend, my brother.
3: All right, we out.
0: All right, everybody. It's been the big game theory episode. As we talked about it, the big game, we all have the big game. We all have that moment, that opportunity in life. Make sure you seize it. Game theory and how to be strategic in seizing it requires us as a people to think beyond just ourselves the and think of the broader good that you can create, the greater good that you can create. And remember, and my mom used to say this to me all the time, even when I was about nine years old. You never know who's watching, and you are a role model. You are a role model to someone. So from a Big Game Theory episode, this has been the Ball Hawk Sports Talk. We appreciate you following. We appreciate you watching. We ask you like we ask every week. Please like, please comment, please share. Please subscribe on whatever is your favorite podcast platform. It's the Ball Hawk Sports Talk, y'all. We working with sports, business, and entertainment collide. We out. Peace.